Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney from How They Love Mary. And if you are looking for a great gift for confirmation or first communion, might I recommend to you Sock Religious? I know someone that recently got confirmed. They chose St. Joseph as their confirmation saint. And I bought them a pair of St. Joseph socks from Sock Religious. They make the perfect gift. They are a fun gift and a gift that they will wear and hopefully they'll wear them to church. If you want more information about Sock Religious, Find the link in the show notes and help to support the show, How They Love Mary. Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. For nine days leading up to the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, I led a novena on Facebook and YouTube, in which I interviewed a few different guests, and I shared my own personal experiences of visiting Lourdes that inspired my book, A Lenten Journey with Mother Mary. On day nine of the novena, February 11th, which is today, the anniversary of Our Lady of Lourdes's first apparition to St. Bernadette Subaru, in 1858, I spoke with Father James Phelan, who lived in Lourdes, France. This conversation that we had was not intended for this podcast, How They Love Mary, but it was such a delightful conversation that I wanted to share it with this listening audience. I wanted to make you aware of that because the conversation does end quite abruptly as then we transitioned into praying the rosary. I take you now to that conversation. Hello and good morning, everybody. It is February 11th. It is our ninth day of this novena to Our Lady of Lourdes in which we're praying for the sick, all those people that you entrusted to the prayers of this novena. And so we are celebrating this feast day today. And I'm happy to have a friend of mine, Father James Phelan, uh, who is a member of the Mariological Society. He, We met way back in the day, 2011, when I delivered a paper on the Blessed Virgin Mary's apparition in Champion, Wisconsin, the apparition that took place one year after Our Lady of Lourdes. And so uh, very happy to have Father Phelan with me. He's a priest of Holy Cross. He works out at Holy Cross Ministries in Massachusetts uh, with Father Patrick Patrick Payton's uh, ministry and apostolate. And uh, he actually lived in Lourdes. And I thought, what better way to end our pilgrimage and our day of novena uh, with him? Because he can share what happens on that day there and what it's like and just to share some of his own experiences of living there. So welcome, Father Phelan. It's great to be here, Father Edward. It's great to be together again uh, virtually. Uh, as, I say, as you say, we go way back. I don't think you would even begun theology when you, uh, you were a seminarian who was, I think you were finishing philosophy yeah. at that point. And so yeah. that's, uh, it's great. We've come a long way. <laughs> come a long way, haven't we? Thanks be to yeah. God. Yeah. And we were in Fatima together during the, uh, yes. during yeah, the right. Mariological Congress. So that right. was fun too. And uh, were you a part of the thing with Father Hockey the, the past uh, two weeks no, ago? I or I was just been yeah. too busy. To, I couldn't get onto that one. I, uh, I sure. saw your, 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 your communications about it. I was sorry I couldn't because he's a great Mariologist. Oh, he's yeah. a great yeah, it was a great day uh, that that we had. So with him, and we're we're planning more of those virtual events for the Mariological Society. So, as we celebrate the feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, and we've talked about some of people's experiences in Lourdes, uh, 
what's what was your experience like? You were there really to promote the rosary, I think, with Father Peyton's organization, and you gave out rosaries and prayer cards. And what was it like for you uh, experiencing Lourdes each and every day? Uh, oh, it was some of the three of the best years of my life, Father Ed. Really, from my heart, I say that. But before we go on, I think we really should. I really would love to wish everybody a blessed feast of Our Lady of Lords. You know, um, Our Lady of Lords, the apparitions in Lords, is one of the greatest manifestations of the divine in the history of the church since Pentecost. <laughs> um, I'd agree. It really is a great, I mean, there are, there are several other great Marian uh, apparitions as well. Uh, but the, Our Lady of Lords is on that level of really a great manifestation of the divine for humanity, for all time, and particularly for our times. I was privileged to be there. I lived there for almost three years. So our work is, as you say, Holy Cross Family Ministries, probably better known to people as the Family Rosary, the continuing work of, Father, of, the, of Venerable Father Patrick Payton. The family that prays together stays together. A world at prayer is a world at peace. Things that phrases that he taught to the whole world. People don't necessarily. Everybody knows the family that prays together stays together, but they don't necessarily know that it refers to Father Peyton and particularly to this prayer. So, um, uh, I have worked in this mission for for many years and in many countries uh, around the world, and particularly as we were developing our Rosary Center, which is on the shrine on the grounds of the sanctuary of Our Lady of Lourdes. We started developing, started working along with the shrine to, to have a rosary center in place there, probably about 2014, 15, so some initial initial forays. So that then I went to take up residence there to help develop the, the project in the summer of 2016 and continued there until the end of 2019. As I say, three of the best years of my life, three of the best years of my life. Yeah, I've been to Lourdes, I think, four times. I, one time I took a, a family. I took a family. They had a daughter, 16 years old, mm -hmm. uh, dying of cancer, uh, of a tumor. And uh, mm -hmm. and she ended up passing, but we went there. It was her dream to go to Lourdes. And so I actually had to go to France to do some research at a few different shrines there of Notre Dame de Bon Secours. And so um, I said, well, why don't you tag along? And so they came along and that was the first trip in Lourdes. And then uh, I went back. I, I served uh, for two weeks as an auxiliary confessor. And then I went back to make a retreat. And yeah, they're memorable experiences. And there's nothing like praying in front of the grotto of mm -hmm. Musabiel. And so many people, you know, they are familiar with the grotto of Lourdes, even if they're not, because there are so many grottos of Our Lady of Lourdes all throughout the country, all throughout the world. You know, here at my parish church in Brussels, Wisconsin, we have a Lourdes grotto. St. Bernadette and Our Lady of Lourdes is right there. We even have little flowing water during the summer, you know, to call to mind the spring. And, you know, it's a beautiful place of devotion. And I, I love sitting out there, even at our grotto in Brussels. Uh, I had a, a very... I don't know if you'd call it mystical. It was a very profound moment of prayer, though. One night at like 10 o'clock at night, pitch dark, just sitting, praying at the replica of a Lourdes Grotto. But I did the same thing when I was in Lourdes uh, to pray uh, every morning, every night uh, at the Grotto. It's a very peaceful place uh, that that I found. And I have so many stories and I share about them in some of my books. And uh, actually, I think... Uh, 
you know, uh, shared some here on this novena as well, uh, some of those memorable experiences. And uh, very formative for me, Our Lady of Lourdes and that, that apparition. And I can't imagine just being there for, for such a long time. Our Lady appeared to St. Bernadette in 1858, and she has not left. <laughs> One of the things and everybody who everybody let me just say a little bit about, you know, I really think if anyone can go there, it's um, take the chance. There's everybody who goes there feels something, experiencing something. I, while I was there, I had I conducted this informal surge, uh, survey asking hundreds of people, oh, why do you come here? What you know, what do you find here? And immediately this I feel peace. I feel peace. I feel peace. Even mm. people who are atheists, or atheists, a couple of atheists said, I, "Well, I feel peace here, but I know I'm just making. I know I'm just making it up, but <laughs> they felt peace." And um, so it's such that so many people. It's not. I can't say it was just. A, it's not just a subjective suggestion. There's an objective experience of, of people when they go there of peace, and that peace has a name. It's Mary did it, Lord does it, Lord's what she always does. What her role is in the scriptures, she gives us Jesus. The peace at Lourdes has a name. It's Jesus. The presence of Jesus is there. Mm. So when you live at Lourdes, it's, it's just an amazing experience, actually. And it kind of, it, it kind of works on you. <laughs> it really, I mean, you can you could probably resist it. But I just, try, I, I personally, I just loved it. And I just, I, get, I tried to just give my heart and soul to it. And it just changes your inside. It changes it, uh, as I say. Uh, uh, and hearing confessions, very often, I mean, it's very common for me to spend four or five hours a day in the confessional. Ooh, miracles happen at Lord still. There are have there have been thousands of uh, undeniable, extraordinary physical healings, cures. There some there have been about seven thousand of them have been studied, uh, and uh, this rigorous after after rigorous study over the last hundred and sixty years, they they come to say, well, we can't explain this. Um, but then there are many more physical healings that no one ever tells anybody else about that have happened. So there have been thousands of physical healings. There have been millions of spiritual healings. Everybody yeah. who goes has a, has, a, has a spiritual healing. I'm sure that girl that you accompanied uh, experienced something that prepared, prepared her for the, the greatest miracle, for her entry into eternal life. Sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. One of the things that I realized when I heard some confessions in Lourdes was that, you know, people are drawn there because of Mary. They're drawn there because of healing. But then once they spend time at the grotto, once they go in the baths, well, then they find their way to the confessional. It's almost that they feel compelled to go. They come for Mary and she introduces them to Jesus and to his mercy. That that was my experience. And that's the greatest miracle. That's yeah. the greatest miracle. The physical healings are to give us testimony, kind of like a, um, uh, epiphanies that manifest something that and that then anyone is is uh, is called to experience. Which is easier to say? The Lord asks when He's healing the paralytic. Is it easier to easier to forg to say your sins are forgiven or, or uh, pick up your pallet and walk? So the power that you may know that the that the Son of Man has power to forgive to forgive sins. Then he does the the the, this, the physical healing, but the greater healing clearly in that scripture text is indicated it was his spiritual healing. And people people realize that when they go there. So many people realize. And one thing too, Ed, let me say that um, if somebody has a chance to go to Lords, please go. If you can get a yes. chance to go. Now, 
But if you can't go, Mother Mary's very happy to come to you. <laughs> sure. And that's why there's so many grottos all around the world. And there are places they share in this great, minis- great mission. So you can go to Lourdes, even in your home, but particularly if uh, when our, so many parishes and so many other places have Lourdes grottos, and many people go to pray there. And so then it becomes a, a shared experience. I recommend that if you know a Lourdes grotto near your home, go there. Yes. Uh, and just let yourself be Bernadette. Just sit before the image of Our Lady. Probably they have an image of, of, of St. Bernadette. And at the Lord's Shrine, they do not have a little statue of Bernadette there. Uh, there's a place um, that, that you know very well, Father Ed. I'm sure you, you found it. There's a place that's kind of like a little plaque in, 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 in the, um, the flooring there. that said, okay, this is where Bernadette would stand yes, and yep. meet Our Lady. I... I don't know how many hours I spent there. You know, sometimes there'd be a lot of people there, but I'd be kind of there for my time. And I'd wait until that place was open and I kind of just make sure nobody else was going to get it. I didn't want to take it from other people who, who, might, who didn't, wouldn't have as much time to do it. But I would love to just sit in that place and look up and let myself be in that gaze of Mary. So uh, anyone, anywhere, in any of the Lord's grottos around the world, sit there, let yourself be Mary. Let be Bernadette before Mary. Uh, go to the webcam, the Lord's webcam. That's right. You know? I was going to mention that. I yeah. prayed the rosary in Italian at like 10 o'clock central time, you know. Or even just the middle of the night. It's all, it's there 24 hours a day. I like to go there, you know, at 10 o'clock at night in Eastern Standard Time. And there's nobody at the grotto then because it's 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 4 a.m. In, <laughs> in, in France. But just let yourself be merry. But even if you can't do that, just sit yourself down. It's helpful to then have an image of Our Lady that you're looking up to and just be in that gaze. And that's what this feast that we're celebrating today is about. It's an opportunity, it's an invitation for all of us to just be in that gaze. Be in that gaze of Mary, which is the same gaze. The same gaze, uh, it, it draws us into the gaze, the divine gaze that rested on Mary at the Annunciation. That then it stayed, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon her and stayed and stayed with her. And then that divine gaze then takes Bernadette to the, the deepest gaze, the gaze of Mary looking up at her son on the cross and him looking down at her. Let's stay, let's this day of Our Lady of Lords, let's all just take some time to be in that gaze between Jesus and Mary. It's so beautiful. And to allow Mary when we are there to gaze at us and, you know, it, and for us to look at her, uh, you know, she is, uh, I wrote a piece uh, a few years ago called like the beautiful architect of Lourdes and how, you know, Mary is the immaculate conception. God creates her and, and preserves her from original sin and how God crafted out of this, this garbage dump of Masabiel, this beautiful place of grace and prayer to this very day. And, and so there is a sense of beauty there and uh, we look at beauty and that looking at beauty purifies us and her looking at us purifies us. And it, it, it's such a beautiful experience. And I know that you've been there actually on February 11th. Yep. You were there for the feast days. And I, I'll tune in usually on on the Internet, you know, to, to watch the mass with the bishop uh, from Saint, the Basilica of St. Pius X. So what was it like? 
what's the spirit of Lourdes? It's not pilgrimage season, but this becomes like a pilgrimage day. Oh, it's um, a huge for day. People. It's a huge yeah. day. People come from all over, uh, all over France, certainly, but then all over Western Europe. And some people from America will try to go, so particularly the tour guides. It's actually a, a, a day when people intentionally go there to then discuss the coming year's pilgrimage season. So yeah, people uh, particularly who are great devotees of, of, of lords who are there and people who want to pray and the spirit of prayer is just so beautiful. As, as is on December 8th, December 8th is another huge day. So even though it's not in the main pilgrimage season, uh, it's, it's cold and chilly, but it's beautiful. Uh, the Pyrenees are such beautiful mountains at any time of the year. So in the winter, you've got this cold and even sometimes a little, little, little bit of snow. And that'd be more like you can imagine what it would have been like for Bernadette. You know, uh, people look at the in the summer they go there and they see the, the beautiful uh, shrine that, with the architecture of the shrine is is, is extraordinary the the, the, the arches it's uh, and the and the ramps going up the arches are like Our Lady is just they're waiting to embrace all the pilgrims who are coming seeing mm. she signifies she is she is the she's She's the mother of the church. She's the symbol of the church. So she's there gathering the whole church in prayer. And that was her intention when she when, when she appeared there, is to call people together to pray. I, all my children come here to pray and to serve the sick. So then you get that you get that experience then on uh, in, in the middle of the cold of winter. But then that recalls in the fact that in February, in uh, 1858, that was as you said, Father Ed, that was kind of a that was a, it was kind of on it was the edge of town. It was something in the town dumping ground, and it was well, I'd never heard myself whether it was whether it was rainy or, or cloudy. But that that time of year, most of the days are kind of gloomy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, and so you, that, that's even more so that then our uh, Bernadette was. She had been left behind by her her sister and another little friend who had gone there, all gone down to, to to scavenge for firewood, and because she was asthmatic, she couldn't keep up with them, and she so she was just sitting there by the she, trying to figure out how she was going to cross a, cross the creek there without getting her feet wet because she didn't want to get an asthma attack. Her ma- her mother was really kind of really really strict with her about that, and then all of a sudden, the she, uh, there was a gust of wind. But she thought, how strange that the leaves didn't move. <laughs> hmm. And then out of the a niche above the, the the cave of the grotto, the, the, then this beautiful light came out. So that's what people. That's helpful for people to imagine, as we say, in, if on this day and any any time. If you look at the, the webcam or in in your local Lord's Grotto, just imagine this this beautiful, brilliant but beautiful light comes out from. Uh, uh, comes out, comes from a niche, and then, the, uh, then uh, this beautiful, imagine a beautiful young woman about 18. She appeared to be about 18 years old. Our Lady <laughs> appears to young Bernadette, who's uh, about 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful story, and. I'm so happy that you were able to share some of these experiences. And I, I think people can sense. I know your great love for Lourdes and people listening to you uh, know that and and uh, can really be drawn to this beautiful apparition of Our Lady. So how blessed you were, how blessed I've been to be there several times. And I hope to go back real soon. I'm supposed to go on a group pilgrimage in October of this year, but I doubt personally that that's going to happen. Uh, with COVID, but who knows? God, God provides I'm, I'm, God's I'm hopeful, will. I'm hopeful I can get over there sometime in September or so too. You know, 
That's but that but that's all in God's hands, and that's part of the point of this. We just and that's at this point in history. As you sit before Our Lady of Lords, it's about letting that peace touch our hearts. That's what we need now. We need that peace and that hope that Our Lady wants to give to us. That peace and that hope has a name. Is the presence of Jesus in our life? Is Jesus Himself? So you know, if we can get there, Father Ed, we'll get there. But um, I'm still going to be at peace. Yes. Well, yeah. beautiful. Well, great. You know, it, it's also the World Day of Prayer for the Sick on February 11th. And we remember that our Holy Father, Pope Benedict, that he actually uh, resigned on this day uh, many years ago now. Uh, and so so kind of for health reasons and whatnot. So there, there was a, a fittingness to his resignation on Our Lady of Lourdes and announcing it and such. So, um, do you know the? Obviously, we know the connections because Our Lady he, uh, brought about the miraculous healing spring. But do you know when this World Day of Prayer for the Sick was instituted or anything like that? John Paul II. I think it was about 1984. I can't remember the exact dates. But okay. No, it was him. Um, and particularly, why is it the World Day? Of, why is it the World Day of the Sick? Because of the Feast of Our Lady of Lords. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's yeah. That's great. And there's always a message. So go look for the Holy Father's message today as he delivers it for the sick and really to give us hope. And uh, we turn to Mary's prayers now on this real day of prayer for the sick. You've been listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to support the podcast, I'd encourage you to do so by becoming a member at Patreon. By supporting this podcast on Patreon, you will help to pay for the monthly fees associated with the podcast and the a possibility of upgrading equipment and also putting money into advertising and promotion. If you like this podcast, I'd encourage you to share it with your family and friends. And please like it and review it on Apple Podcasts. Post about this podcast on your social media. And when you're on your social media, you can follow me, Father Edward Looney, at the handle at FR Edward Looney on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I can't wait to share another episode of How They Love Mary with you next time, so be sure to tune in then. Until then, let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.